Amen. Thanks, Jeff. So good to see you, friends, and good to see you at home. I'm Justin, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's an honor to be one of the pastors here. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Um, we all have a mother, and all of us needed a mother to be here today. So I just want to take a moment and just say, you know, whether your relationship with your, with your mom has been awesome or challenging or, you know, just beyond, you know, challenging, uh, I'm grateful for your mother. And I think we have a moment and just can say, God, thank you for our mothers. Uh, especially those, you know, those of you that are mothers want to just say, bless you in Jesus' name to continue to uh, play that role in people's lives. May you have everything that you need from God. And um, also a number of us uh, are uh, mothering people in, in ways, even if you didn't give birth to somebody, you're mothering people around you. And I want to say that is the heart of God. Uh, you know, God fathers us, mothers us, and we need that. So if you are in, in a role of mothering somebody in your life, um, I bless you in Jesus' name to continue to play that role. And maybe God is even bringing more people into your life uh, to do that. Um, it is so important. Um, God, thank you for what you're doing, that your love comes to us in so many ways like this. For the last few months, we have been in a series called Creators, Not Consumers. We've been learning how we can move from consuming uh, things around us, consuming everything around us, to creating and contributing to the world around us. Okay? Um, we've been learning that we are made in the image of God. If you've been with us the last number of weeks, you've probably heard us say that multiple times. You are made in the image of God. Um, the Bible says that in the, in the book of Genesis very early on, and we're finding that to be true. We're learning about how that's true for us. And as this series has progressed, we've started understanding what being made in the image of God means for us in our lives, like what our identity in God is. And then we've kind of taken that forward and we've said, what does being made in the image of God mean for the people around us? What does being made, us being made in the image of God begin to uh, mean for the world? I've loved this series. So we've moved from basically who we are in God to what we do as image bearers of God. And two months ago, it's interesting how this kind of lands this way. Two months ago, I got to preach a sermon that could actually be part one of this sermon. And you don't need to worry if you didn't hear that one. Um, through the wonders of technology, you could check that out later if you'd like. It's online. It's also on our YouTube channel. It was about being the beloved of God, okay? But I'm going to give you a little bit of synopsis just to make sure that you are reminded of what that was if you heard it before. I could do a quiz and give everybody $5 who remembers the three things that I'm going to say next. Um, and if you never heard this, here's, here's what they are. Here are the three things that I invited us into in stepping into our identity as God's beloved. The first was, and these are all play on the word beloved, okay? The first part of the word was be, okay? Know that you are loved by God just as you are, not for what you've done or what you haven't done, okay? Some of us are worried about what we have done, and some of us are worried more about what we haven't done, right? You are loved by God aside and in all of those things, okay? You're loved. You can be. 
You being here, you being, you existing means that God loves you. It's important to know. The second thing was be loved. Receive God's love for you. Learn how to receive God's love for you. Some of us have had trouble, you know, barriers to saying, God, um, how do I receive your love? And we were talking about that. Hopefully in this place, you're learning more and more and more how to receive God's love for you. And then the third thing was be love. That's basically love people like God loves you. Okay? That's the thing that we're invited into next. And today we're going to go deeper into that, what that means. Loving people like God loves us. This mini-series that we're starting within our series is called Community Creators. And it's about how we, bearing God's image and moving in God's power, not our own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, can follow God's lead and create community in a broken world. You've noticed that the world's broken, right? Might be kind of broken in here too, right? We're in a broken world. God is the community creator, and because we are made in God's image, we are called to be community creators as well. So in the coming weeks, in this mini-series, you're going to hear some things about uh, what it means to be God's image bearers, and that's all of us. That is you. That is me. That's people who aren't in this, in this building. We all bear the image of God. Some of us are just a little bit more aware of it and are stepping into it, and that's what we're looking for, right? What we can do as God's image bearers to be community creators. You're going to hear about things like forgiveness and justice and hospitality. There are going to be more things than that. All of those things are things that God uses and breathes upon and empowers people uh, to use to create community, the kind of community that he wants to create. But one thing is needed before any of that can happen. One thing. L-O-V-E. Love is needed first. That's where it begins. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I think this is great because when you love truly and deeply to the best of your ability, filled with the power of God, you are engaging with something that lasts forever. You're doing an eternal action. You know? I mean, I was really, I was really blessed, um, you know, just the other day, um, you know, my parents were over and they were helping me with, you know, fixing up some stuff at my house. Now, I don't know exactly how it all works in the, in the you know, new heaven and new earth, um, you know, maybe I'll be tending those plants forever. I don't know, right? But um, I can be sure of this. What I've been doing in love is for sure going to last forever. Maybe my mulch isn't going to last forever, right? <laughs> Loving truly and deeply is going to last forever. So our focus today is this. God creates community out of his love for us. Not because he has to, needed to. He creates community out of his love for us. And then God's love gives us the desire and the courage to create community in a broken world. It takes desire. Will you say desire after me? Desire. And it takes courage. Courage. To create community in a broken world, right? It's not a slam dunk. There is some risk involved, right? It might not go exactly like we want it to or how we hope it's going to go. 
So we need desire and courage from God to create community in this broken world. And I've got to be honest with you right now, just for a moment. A lot of times I just like looking up things in the dictionary to make sure that, you know, what are the definitions of these things? I don't love some of the definitions of love that, that I read in the dictionary. Uh, one of them that I looked up, it, it uh, really just made my heart, you know, beat. I'm being facetious right now. Uh, it said, love is, prepare yourself, an intense feeling of deep affection. I don't know. It's kind of like, for me. Uh, to me, a deep feeling of affection could be anything like from how I feel about God, how I feel about you, to how I feel about Kirill Kaprizov, who is the rookie winger for the Minnesota Wild right now. Okay? He scored on this picture. He went all the way around and got the puck behind Jonathan Quick. Okay? That made me love him. Okay? If you haven't had a chance to check him out, he makes hockey incredible. He does things out there. It's not just get the puck in the net. He's like artistic. It's amazing. Okay? Don't miss out on what your local hockey team is doing. That's just a sidebar. It's my encouragement to you. Playoffs are coming. To me, um, you know, thinking about love and just like having such a wide swath can be a little bit of a challenge talking about it. But author C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia Chronicles, anybody aware of those? He also has this underrated series called um, The Space Trilogy, which included Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and That Hideous Strength. Uh, I love those books. He also wrote a whole bunch of theological books because he wants people in his life, he wanted people to know more about God and understand those deep things. He was quite a thinker. And so he wrote a book, one of them that was more of the theological bent, was called The Four Loves. And he correctly points out that the English language has only one word, love, to describe a whole bunch of affections, right? I had to describe the hockey player the same way as I would describe, you know, how I relate to Jesus, right? That's what the English language does for us. Not quite as much as I would hope, right? But in the Greek language, which is what much of the Bible was written in, they had four different words for the word love, for different kinds of love. And so it made it much easier for the Greeks to understand what kind of love that they were talking about. And so for the Greeks, there was a word that describes that kind of love that exists when you need somebody and they do what you need them to do, right? It's like... I need you to do this thing, and you did it, and I love you, okay? That's the kind of love normally that we're kind of born into. It's like kind of like the family-type love. Uh, that would be like the kind of love between a, a mother and an infant, for example, right? I need you, and you were there for me. I love you, okay? The second kind of word that the Greeks would use for love was the kind of love that we find in deep friendship. And that's more the kind of love that is chosen more than being born into, okay? That's the second one. And the third was the word that they used for romantic love. Lewis calls these first three loves the natural loves. And you notice there was only three, so there's a fourth. And the fourth one is called agape love. That's unconditional love. That's the kind of love that doesn't change with circumstances, and it's selfless, 
and it's the greatest of the four. Now, I did look around a little bit for, for definitions, and the Urban Dictionary defines love. It's closer to this idea of agape. It calls love the act of caring and giving to someone else, having someone's best interest and well-being as a priority in your life. To truly love is a very selfless act. That's closer to agape love. That's the kind of love that we want to be talking about today. So all four of these loves are important, and all of them are beautiful. God can and is in all of them. So for example, God is totally fine with you needing God and God doing what you need and you saying, I love you, you know? Most of us have probably been in that situation where we're like, God, save my bacon right now, please, right? And God saves our bacon. And we go, I love you, God, right? That's totally cool. I think that God is totally fine with that. God also wants to be your friend. And God is the greatest friend that you can have. The best friend. And then God often also provides and directs us into intimate romantic relationships like marriage. Your results may vary. Mine vary. <laughs> but God is in those things, right? God is in that kind of love when we invite him in. But the most important and shocking love of all, agape love, is what God has for you in a way that no one else can. God's love for you does not change with circumstances, ever. It's selfless. It's above every other love that you could experience in this life or the next. So how would we know? Maybe you'd ask me, how would I know that God has agape love for me, Justin? I have an answer for you. We see it most clearly in Jesus. 1 John 4, 9-10 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Now that's one of those verses that I hear a lot in churches and stuff. And so sometimes I just read the thing and I'm like, I know that one. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it slowly. Okay? God showed how much he loves us, how much he loves you, by sending his one and only son into the world so that we, so that you, might have eternal life. How? Through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God's taken away our sins because he loves us. So God looked upon humanity, the humanity that existed and did not exist yet, including you, with love. And that love gave him the desire and the courage to give up so much for you. You know, Jesus was willing to step down from a safe place in heaven to be with us, to sacrifice for us. And that was not an easy thing. You know, I think sometimes maybe we've thought or been told that, you know, it's just like God showing up and, you know, and Jesus shows up and he just skates through life. He's just like, okay, I've got to check the boxes. I've got to do this. I've got to, no, 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 I'm going to end. I'm going to die on a cross. The end, right? 
going to rise from the dead. There was a lot of difficulty and challenge in Jesus' life. He was a real person. He is a real person who is alive today. You know? I'm sure. I mean, you, you read even in Scripture, it's like, you see, he's like frustrated at times. He's mad at times. He's betrayed. Right? Before he's going to the cross, he's asking the Father, like, could we do this a different way? Like, I do not want to do this. This is not my personal preference. He's sweating blood because of the intensity of what he knows is coming. And he does that. And that's God's love without condition, right? There really wasn't, like, he says the joy was set before him, but what was the joy that was set before him? It was, you know, relationship with God and relationship with you, right? But in the moment, is there like a big payoff? Does it seem like things are going so awesome that he'd have like a lot of fuel to go on to do what he's being called to do, to be, um, you know, dying on that cross for you and for me? God died to set you free before you were ready for God. Before you were ready to love him back, God loved you. I just think that that's amazing. And if you think about it, at the time of Jesus' death, he had... 11 male disciples left, most of whom had left him by the time he was on the cross. As far as we know from Scripture, there was only one disciple dude that was left along with Jesus' mother and and the women who were following Jesus. The women stuck it out, and only one dude did. And if I'm Jesus, and I'm so glad that I'm not, right? Um, you know, being on the cross, I mean, you're looking around, you're like, well, we got like five people left or something. What are we doing here? How hard? Jesus was pretty much dying to create a community that had fallen apart at that point and on the level that, that it was on his heart didn't exist yet. Dying for a community that didn't exist yet. And Jesus knew that this would happen. In John 10, Jesus told his followers this. This is before he was on the cross. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. And in some way on the cross, that's what's happening, right? The enemy is kind of coming against uh, Jesus' people. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't care about the sheep. And so what we have is Jesus with agape love, with sacrificial and unconditional love, the love of God dying for us. Jesus isn't just interested as well in the people that were there right now. Even the disciples that had run away, he wasn't just interested in them. Because in verse 16 he says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. So in laying down his life for us on the cross, Jesus is demonstrating the love of God in like one of the clearest and awesomest pictures. And this is also a great picture of God as the community creator. Because none of us would be here. None of us would be here learning how to love each other in our differences without Jesus. I don't know if you think about that every week. It's good for me to be reminded of that. I wouldn't know most of you without Jesus, right? Would you know each other without Jesus? 
How cool is it that we're here because of Jesus? We're here. We're part of the community of Jesus that died and rose again to create. It worked. It's working. Not perfectly, right? Not yet. It will be. And we don't only see this from Jesus on the cross as a picture. We see this all over in the Bible. And I just grabbed a few examples from the Bible that I can point you to of God being the community creator. Now, the first is very early in the Bible, right at the very beginning, Adam and Eve. In the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, right after God makes the earth, the land, the sea, the plants, the animals, God says this. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. So what is God doing right here? Well, one thing that God is doing is creating community with Adam and Eve. And then he's blessing them to expand that community over the entire earth. We see God doing something uh, similar with Abram, Abraham, okay? Abraham's interaction with God changed him so much he got a new name out of it, right? So it's going to be Abram right here in this, in this passage from Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So what's God doing here? He's creating community with Abram. Abram did not know God before God showed up and revealed himself to Abram. And then he is blessing Abraham to be the beginning of a new community that will bless the whole world. He's blessing him to be a blessing. We could also look at Moses. We find uh, Moses' story beginning in Exodus. And it says this, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham. Right? Remember Abraham just now? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. We'd also probably say the God of our mothers and fathers in faith. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. So what is God doing here? He's also creating community again, isn't he? He's creating community with Moses. And he's blessing him to lead God's community into freedom. 
Now, it's not just in the Old Testament that we see this kind of thing. We see God doing this all through the New Testament. It actually ramps up in a, in a really intense way as soon as we have Jesus arrive. So we see the followers of Jesus in the New Testament um, is basically God reaching out to people through Christ and creating community with them, right? And then building them into a community where they wouldn't be able to get along or even know each other without Jesus. He does life with them, and in the process, he changes their lives and fills them with so much passion and power that they end up spending the rest of their days creating communities. They join Jesus in the creating of God's community for the rest of their lives. Most of those disciples, this is the same disciples who took off when the cross stuff was happening. These disciples, almost all of them died for their faith. Somehow, God's community interaction with them filled them with the love of God and passion and power so much that they were willing to say, I don't care what you do, the thing I'm most interested in is creating the community of God. You can't stop me, I won't stop. The only, way, the only thing you can do is you can take my life and that won't even end it. I was thinking as we were worshiping together that you know, there are places in the world right now where you know, people are having to meet in basements in secret places because if people find out that they are part of creating the community of God, that they'll be put in jail and they might be put to death. I want to be a person who has such desire and courage for building the community of God that nothing would stop it no matter what happens, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in the outside, no matter what happens in any, you know, in any place I might live, that I would say, I want to be a part of building your community, God. I want to be a community creator with you. God has always been reaching out in love to create community, and God repeatedly calls us people to partner with him to be community creators. And so in your unique way, you're called to be a community, a community creator too. You know, you're probably, and none of us are Moses or, you know, Adam and Eve or, you know, these people that we've read about in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that we're called to anything less. We're called to the same thing. We're called to be community creators in our own way. God has things in you that are designed to create community. And what I'd like to do is, I'd like to make a place for us to say, even if we don't know exactly what that's like, what God might want to do through us, you might have a picture of it, maybe you're already doing it, maybe you're like, I just need to know what that is. I want to make a space for us to either commit our lives or recommit our lives to saying, God, I want to be a part of creating the community that you want to build and so if you'd like to maybe just pray along with me, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to invite you to even just put your hands out in front of you if you'd like to respond to God, because I feel like God wants to rest on you and fill you with the same kind of stuff that his people over time have needed in order to have uh, the courage and the desire to be a part of what God's doing. So God, thank you for your people. Thank you for your invitation. Thank you that you have created us all in unique ways, 
to not feel the pressure to be somebody else, but to really just be who you've created us to be. You want to build things through us, God. Jesus, we just, we just come to you. Would you do that stuff in us that, that the disciples needed? Turn them from people who ran away to people who just wouldn't leave no matter what? People who would be committed to the community that you are creating? God, would you take our lives? We love you. We trust you. We just believe that what you're going to put our hands to and put our hearts to is going to be exactly the stuff that we're on this earth for. We give ourselves to you, Jesus. Yeah, I feel the presence of the Lord here. God, thank you. God hears you. God honors you. Amen. Now, if you're praying along with me on that, Please just mark that on your connection card because this week, um, every week I try to look through all of the connection card things. But um, I wanna, I'm going to promise that I'm specifically going to pray for everybody extra long who's, who's you know, checking, a, you know, I'm committing my life to Jesus or recommitting my life to Jesus. We just want to really support you, pray for you in, in your lives, okay? So I'd really appreciate it if you do that. God, thank you that you love us like no one else. Help us receive your love. So God is creating a community that loves sacrificially and unconditionally because that's the way that God loves. And God is creating a community that lasts forever. It's built for eternity because that's who God is and that's how long God will be. We're called to be a part of a community and we are called to be part of creating alongside God. It's a great honor. And so, I just want to say, if you haven't found or haven't joined a church yet where you can partner with God and help create that kind of community, we would love to have you be part of this community. Those of us that are part of this community, would you nod your head if that's true? We'd love to have you be part of this community. Yeah. And so, as we enter the next few weeks of this series, there's going to be great stuff coming. But I have a question for you to consider right now. Would you like to see the world change? Yeah, I would too. And we're in the right place here. After all, our church purpose is to help a growing number of people love God, love people, and in doing so, it's that that's going to change the world. So let's offer our whole lives to the community creator, the Lord of all. And let's allow God to turn each of us into the unique community creator's that he has made us to be, that's on his heart for us to be. And then let's step out in love, the same kind of love that God has for us to build relationships with people, both here in this church body and outside of this church body. Just think when you came here for the first time, if this is your first week, I hope when you came in, somebody greeted you, welcomed you, and made it clear that this could be a place for you to connect with God. Isn't that what happened over time with most of us? you know, in the different groups, in life groups and stuff, um, we had people that said, you could be a part of a community here, right? That's what I want us to continue to be asking God to do, and we're going to make a space for that in the tips here. So in the next few weeks, we're going to learn how um, 
to do these things better and better and better. And hopefully this is piquing your interest. We're not talking about all the things you can do because there are other people that are preaching in this series. So let's connect to what God is doing with us as a church body over the next weeks. So we always end our services with a time to respond to God in worship and in prayer because responding to God is the most important thing that we can do. I'm going to um, invite the worship team back up. I'm going to uh, welcome you to stand if you're able with me. And I'm going to leave you with three tips that you can take into your week ahead and your life. They come in the form of a read, a pray, and a do. And the first one, the read, is to read a whole chapter of the Bible. It's not going to take that long. Uh, it would be John 10 would be the chapter that I would uh, recommend. It's where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd. I was reading that, that section uh, this week, and I'm like, there is so much good stuff, and I can't fit it all in one sermon. So if you want to read Jesus' words about what he says, about him being the good shepherd, about how he lays down his lives for, for you, and if you want to be reminded that there are other people that he's talking about, even at that moment, and you think about, that's me. Jesus is talking about me right here in the Bible. I welcome you to read chapter 10 in the book of John. And for our pray, pray for sacrificial and unconditional love in our church community. More and more and more of it. Okay? That we, that we would love in a way that creates community. Could I just pray that over us right now? It won't be a long one. Um, God, I ask through your power that you would release and grow unconditional love in us. God, would you allow us to have the same kind of sacrificial love uh, that you have for us? And that has to be a work of your spirit, God. We know that we don't show up able to do that well. So God, I ask that you would release that and then you'd also even give us an awareness and a joy when we see ourselves stepping into that and say, Jesus is active in my life. I am partnering with you right now. I'm loving in a way that I wasn't capable of loving before. God, would you mark our church body with your love? Would you just fill this building with your love? Would you fill us with love that spills out around people around us? Would we be known as a people that loves more than anything else? I just feel like God is honoring these requests, friends. Thank you for praying along with me and that. And so here is your do. This would be to be a community creator here at River Heights Vineyard, okay? Uh, some things that, that you could think about. One of the things that I like about here is like I can give you some tips and some things to do that fit right with what we're doing. It's not like do some other thing. It's just do what we're doing, right? You could, you could serve. You could serve by um, being on a team. You know, we're talking about volunteering. Um, that would be an awesome thing to do. God, would you connect us to places to volunteer? You could, um, you could join like a life share group that we talked about, the life share groups. That's three times that you could get together, and it's about story, right? So story, um, your story and hearing other people's story puts you in a place where you can get to know somebody, and that builds, creates community. That would be a great thing that you could do. Uh, you could 
Love by sacrificing your time or money or your preference for someone else this week. And one thing that uh, I just want to leave us with is look for an opportunity and ask for an opportunity and then ask for the power to love someone unconditionally this week. Um, Maybe one of the best places you can think about this is when you really love somebody, don't you kind of end up coming up with a agenda for their lives a little accidentally, maybe, sometimes? This would be a great opportunity to say, God, I want to love this person in my life and I want to set my agenda for them aside. And sometimes when we're loving people, don't we end up accidentally doing a thing where it's like, I'm concerned about you or I think that this, so our agenda ends up being like an anxiety that we kind of put on somebody else. It almost becomes like the kind of love that starts off being love of God can get derailed as you go and then you go, Oh, I ended up wanting this person to do this because it's a little bit more for me than it is for the, for the person. Maybe this isn't God's timing, right? So I want to encourage you, look for a place to unconditionally love a person or some people in your life. Okay? All right? Friends, I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of Jesus' community people at home. We're so looking forward to being together all in the same room in the future. Uh, We're blessed to be community with you. And let's take this time to just respond to what God is speaking to you. God is with you. God loves you. They're going to lead us in some songs and they'll let us know when it's time to go. Love you, friends. Be blessed.